Shahadwan Alhamdulillah <laughs> ويجعل الله فيه خيرا كثيرا وقال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم النكاح من سنتي فمن لم يعمل بسنتي فليس مني او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام respected elders ulama ikram brothers in islam assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh two days ago our respected imam sahab munajjad sahab he contacted me and said that we have your bayan in this masjid and also we will have a nikah taking place. So stay away from the heavier topics. Also our Amir Saab, the Jamiat Mullah Muhammadi, also mentioned that keep the topic appropriate to the nikah. Don't make it too heavy on the people. So I've taken a few pointers down um, at short notice. That inshallah I'd like to say a few things about the nikah. Many of the things we may have heard before because these are things, it's a topical thing. And sometimes we hear it over and over. But the important thing I think is that remind because reminders benefit the believers. So when I was thinking about and I was pondering about it, it dawned upon me that nikah is such a strange and curious thing. If we really think about it, it's a very strange concept that you take two people who are virtually strangers to each other. They hardly know anything about each other. You get them married and you expect them to live a lifetime of fulfillment and commitment and happiness. Isn't it a strange, illogical thing just to think about? Two unknown people, you join them together in nikah, they hardly know anything about each other. And then we expect a lifetime of fulfillment, commitment and joy and happiness with each other. But at the same time, as strange as it is, we find this to be a tried and tested formula, not for centuries, but for millennium or for millennia. 
For thousands of years, this is a tried and tested formula. How is it possible? It is possible because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself bless the marital union. This is why marriage is able to succeed where it's supposed to be illogical and inconceivable that such a relationship may succeed. We find in Surah Al-Rum, in the chapter where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about his different signs. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, speaks about different signs of his glory, his grandeur, his might and his power. From amongst Allah's signs is that he has created you from sand. Now you are a humanity spread out across the globe. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ خَلْقُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ From amongst the signs of his creation, of his grandeur, is that he has created the heavens and the earth, وَاخْتِلَافُ أَلْسِنَتِكُمْ وَأَلْوَانِكُمْ And that Allah has made your languages different, and Allah has made your skin color different. وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ مَنَامُكُمْ بِاللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ Allah speaking about major signs of his grandeur, of his power, that he has created a system of night and day, night so you may rest, and day so you may go about and earn your livelihood. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَن تَقُومَ السَّمَاءُ وَالْأَرْضُ بِأَمْرِ It is from his signs that the heavens and earth stay in place because of his command. The heavens and earth... This universe stays in place because of the command of Allah. And in this particular ruku and chapter, that Allah speaks about all these great signs of His, Allah also says, وَمِنْ آيَاتِهِ أَنفُسِكُمْ أَزْوَاجًا From the signs of His grandeur, His greatness and power is that He has created for you from yourselves spouses. لِتَسْكُنُوا إِلَيْهَا So that you may find tranquility in your spouse. وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً Where does the love and mercy come from between these two strangers? Who the only thing they have together is the bond of nikah. Allah says, I put it. وَجَعَلَ بَيْنَكُمْ مَوَدَّةً وَرَحْمَةً إِنَّ فِي ذَلِكَ لَآيَاتٍ لِقَوْمِ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ Indeed, in this, there are signs for those who reflect. So it is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has made this institution successful. And this is undoubtedly the prize person who gets married. That they want that marriage that will give them joy, that will give them fulfillment, that will remove the empty spaces in their hearts. So vital is this institution of nikah. And so important it is in fulfilling ourselves that we look no other than the example of our Prophet who is residing in Jannah. He is residing in the, well, what we cannot even imagine. That's where he is residing. But still there is an emptiness within him that is only fulfilled when Allah creates us. So this is the aspiration of every one of us. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala puts us on this route when we get married. Allah facilitates the ease of this process of granting you a lifetime of fulfillment and happiness. What you have to do is you have to nurture, nurture this bond and grow it. You know, the first 
ni'mah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will question us about on the day of Qiyamah. The first of the bounties, awwalu ma yuhasabu bihi abd This is a common uh, phrase in the hadith terminology about what is the first thing that Allah will question us about on the day of Qiyamah. And in regard to different aspects of our lives, different things will be asked, like in the aspect of ibadah, the first thing that will be asked is salah. But when it comes to the ni'mats and the bounties of Allah, the first thing that will be asked is, Alam Did I not give you a healthy body? This is the first thing Allah will ask us. Did I not give you a healthy body? So then the person proceeds to eat all types of processed food, to eat all types of junk food, to have the most unhealthy beverages of, at, at every meal. And then when he develops diabetes, heart conditions, blood pressure, and all these things, he says, sickness is a test from Allah. Is this the thing to say? Sickness is the test from Allah. When Allah gave you the means, you only had to look after it. In the same way, when a nikah takes place, Allah makes the conditions for that relationship to be successful. The seed is already planted with all the nutrition that it needs. The ground is fertile. But you have to water that seed. You have to protect the seed from the elements around it. That is why they say, that behind every happy couple, strived and made an effort to overcome every hurdle and obstacle to remain a happy couple and to see their marriage become a success. So Allah has given us the tools and the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa says, إِذَا تَزَوَّجَ الْعَبْدِ فَقَدْ إِسْتَقْبَلَ نِصْفَ الْإِمَانِ And in some narrations, فَقَدْ إِسْتَقْبَلَ نِصْفَ الْدِينِ That when a person gets married, then he has completed half his iman, and in some narrations, he has fulfilled half his deen, half his religion. This gives us an indication to the enormity of the task ahead. It's such a grand undertaking this nikah is. So vital it is that it has been described as half your religion, as half your deen. The part when, you know, the groom will say, is the easy part. The wedding planning and preparation is the easy part. The living of that nikah, the success of that nikah, making it succeed, making it a reality. This is the challenge. And this is the message behind the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa We are well aware in our society, the crisis of talaq we are facing. We don't want to see that happen to any marriage. You know, we go through this at the Jamiat on a daily basis. We sometimes we sit and we preside on judicial hearings where we have to make a decision of divorce. It is not an easy thing on the heart to pronounce a divorce on any couple, irrespective of the circumstances. It is not. We want to overcome, but to do that, there are certain measures we must put into place. And the first thing is that we have to remove our wrong assumptions, our misconceptions about nikah. What is the first misconception that we have about nikah is that our nikah by default will automatically succeed. This is where we make the mistake from the beginning. But we think by default 
the marriage will automatically succeed. And where do we get this idea from? Because from the Western world, every time when the prince and princess get married, it's happily ever after. And we perpetuate this on a daily basis at bedtime when we read these type of stories to our children and they live happily ever after. In Hollywood and Bollywood, it is the same message. They get married and happily ever after. This is the first thing that we need to remove from our minds. And as parents, we have a duty. We have a duty to inform our children, to enlighten our children that this is not going to be an easy road ahead. It can be a most fulfilling road. It can be a most beautiful road. But you have to make the sacrifice. One of the most important things that we must realize, and we realize this in every other thing in our lives, but we must realize this in nikah as well, that nothing worth having ever comes easy. Nothing worth having ever comes easy. The same is the lesson with our marriages. Our marriages have the potential to be a bed of roses. They not automatically. They have the potential to be a bed of roses if we make the right effort in producing that type of results. That is why they say that the competent pilot is not one who doesn't experience turbulence because turbulence is a part of aviation. But the competent pilot is who? who successfully navigates and pilots his plane through that turbulence. And he lands that plane successfully, that plane successfully and makes the whoever is on board reach the destination with a comfortable flight. So there are two, I would say, there are two skill sets, let's say call it that. There are two skill sets that are required to make that marriage a success. There is one skill set for the husband and there is another skill set for the husband and what qualities the husband needs to bring in is he needs to bring in love, kindness and compassion. That's what he needs to primarily bring in. It's not limited to this, but primarily this is what he needs to bring into the marriage. What the woman needs to bring in is love, respect and obedience. We don't hear this very often because... There is a feministic type of ideology that permeates society. That husband and wife have equal roles. No, they do not have equal roles. They have complementary roles. They have roles to make each other stronger and to build each other. You can't build a building with bricks if there's no cement. You can't say we bought the bricks. One has to be the cement to hold the bricks together. So the husband has to bring in his love, kindness and compassion because that's what the Nabi of Allah Wasallam asks of him. I tell you as my wasiya, as my bequest to you, that you be kind to your wives. Say to the woman, he says to the woman, that if you fulfill your compulsory duties, if you pray your five times salah and you fast in the month of Ramadan, you don't do no other nafil deeds, no tahajjud, no ishraq, no abhi, nothing else. You do your father's acts and you obey your husband. And she obeys her husband. What will be her reward? Her reward will be on the day of Qiyamah when she gets up, it will told, be told to her, choose whatever door of Jannah you want to enter Jannah. Take your choice how you want to enter Jannah, which door, what's pleasing to you, that's how you enter Jannah. For what? 
Prophet ﷺ understood that these are complementary roles, that the wife needs to be a homemaker. She needs to make the house into a home. And the husband needs to support her in doing so. It is not that she is the slave and she must toil and toil and toil. And the husband sees her and he comes home and it's difficult and he just wants to put his legs up and sit like a king. It's not like that. That is why they say that every woman's dream, what is every wife's dream? Is that a husband must come home. He must hold her. He must pick her up. He must put her gently down into bed and then he must clean the whole house while she sleeps. That's what every wife's thing. But it's, it's here to show that these are complementary roles. We assist and we support each other in what we do. So there was a husband and wife that was celebrating the 60th anniversary. So it was a, you know, it was a momentous thing in the small town that they were living in. And the local radio host, he calls them in, he calls the husband in rather for an interview. And he asked to tell us, you know, there are so many marriages that are breaking down. What's the formula? What's the secret to your success? So he says, you know, what had happened and what is the secret behind our happy marriage it happened during our honeymoon. And we were out, we were visiting the Grand Canyon at the time, and we were now descending on horseback into the canyon. And my ho the horse that my wife was riding, that horse stumbled and she almost fell. And then my wife said, that's once. And then we went a little further, stumbled, and my wife almost fell down. And then she said, that's twice. And then we went a little further, a mile or two more, and it happened the third time. And my wife gets off the horse, she opens her handbag, she takes out a gun, and she shoots the horse point blank. And I'm like, what's wrong with you, woman? Are you crazy? How can you do this? And she looks at me quite calmly, and she says softly, that's once. He says, for after that, we lived happily ever after. While this is a humorous anecdote, it also gives us a lesson, a lesson that we hear in every khutbah of nikah. What is the lesson that we hear in every khutbah of nikah? Is ya ayyuhal nasu taqullah and ya ayyuhal ladheena amanu taqullah. That fear Allah and have... This is a secret amongst the secrets of success in every field of life. In every khutbah that the Nabi of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam began, he spoke about taqwa and having the consciousness of Allah in our lives. This is the thing that will make everything go right for us in life. It will make every part for us, even if things are difficult. It's not that things won't be difficult, but If things are difficult and you have taqwa, then Allah will find a way for you out of every difficulty. Brothers, as a parting advice, as a last thing to say is that our ulama have for a very long time advised us and cautioned us about the importance and the blessings that a simple nikah brings. They have put a very long time and there are many ahadis to support, uh, you know, this advice of the ulama that make your nikah, make it simple, make it, make it such that it's not a financial burden upon you. Be simple in your nikah. There are those who have took to this advice and there are those who have not taken to this advice, sometimes to their detriment. But what I would like to say is that many a times people don't heed this advice. So let me give you another advice that perhaps you can heed that may help in saving or help in making your marriage a success. And the advice is this, 
that keep this in mind and keep this principle in mind that I want my marriage to be more awesome and more amazing than my wedding. I want more amazing than my wedding. But even if a person perhaps does not heed that important advice, but takes this to heart, that my marriage must be more important and more vital and more amazing than my wedding, then inshallah Allah Ta'ala may also grant success to such a marriage. Allah Ta'ala give us all tawfiq. Allah unite the couple with joy and happiness and keep all our marriages intact. And those who are unmarried, may Allah Ta'ala grant them the best of spouses. Wa akhir da'wana. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. The nikah parties can come forward. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Nahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihi al-kareem. Ayy Abdul Haq, Muhammad Amra, you gave me permission to perform the nikah of your daughter, Leila Abdul Haq Amra, to Hafiz Muhammad bin Hafiz Yusuf Barachia. The mahar has been paid. It has, as it has been agreed uh, between the two parties. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiruhu. وَنَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنْ شُرُورِ أَنفُسِنَا وَمِنْ سَيِّئَاتِ أَعْمَالِنَا مَنْ يَهْدِهِ اللَّهُ فَلَا مُضِلَّ لَهُ وَمَنْ يُضْلِلْهُ فَلَا هَادِيَ لَهُ وَنَشْهَدُ أَنْ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَحْدَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ لَا شَرِيكَ لَهُ وَلَا نَذِيرَ لَهُ وَلَا مِثَالَ لَهُ ولا مثل له ونشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله أرسله بالحق بشيرا ونذيرا بين يدي الساعة من يطع الله ورسوله فقد رشد فإنه لا يضر إلا نفسه ولا يضر الله شيئا فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحدة واحدة وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والأرحام إن الله كان عليه يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا وقد قال رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم النكاح من سنتي وقال عليه الصلاة والسلام فمن رغب عن سنتي فليس مني أو كما قال صلى الله عليه وسلم ونسأل الله ربنا أن يجعلنا ممن يطيعه ويطيع ضوانه ويجتنب سخطه فإنما نحن به وله حافظ يوسف حافظ محمد بن حافظ يوسف فراتشا with the permission of Abdullah Amra being the father of Layla Abdullah Amra and the witnesses being Ibrahim, Muhammad, Umar and Ahmed 
غلام محمد مایت I give Layla to you in your nikah Do you accept her as your wife? Say I have accepted her نكحتها وقبلتها وتزوجتها بارك الله لكما وبارك عليكما وجمع بينكما بالخير